doing? Y'all doing well this morning? Y'all seem quiet. Are, y'all, are you sure you're doing well? It's warm outside. You need to do burpees? Do you need to get up and do some burpees? Okay. Because I can show you how to do that. Okay. All right, if you have your Bible, open it to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. We're going to be looking at John chapter 8, verse 12 today. John chapter 8, verse 12. Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus of Nazareth? If you conducted a survey uh, with this question, then you would get several different answers, many different opinions about Jesus and who Jesus is. Jesus is a religious teacher. Jesus is a miracle worker. Jesus is just a carpenter. He's a moral teacher. He's just a servant. He's an American. He's a service civil rights leader who stands for justice. No, Jesus is a Republican. No, Jesus is a Democrat. Jesus, no, Jesus is a Baptist. No, Jesus is Presbyterian. No, no, Jesus is non-denominational. Right now, there's a controversy going on in Columbus, Ohio, that centers around this one question, who is Jesus? You see, there's an informational website called askamuslim.com that's in the middle of this controversy. You see, throughout Columbus, Ohio, this these group of Muslims have billboards up, and, and two of them have these slogans on there. It says, Jesus is a Muslim. And the other one says, Muslims love Jesus too. The website says, for starters, Muslims are Christians. If Christian means someone following the teachings of Christ. So by learning about Islam, you are not disobeying Jesus. So who is Jesus according to this group? He's just a teacher a moral teacher. Anyone who follows those teachings can identify themselves as Christian. What is happening in Columbus, Ohio is not something that's new under the sun. This question, who is Jesus, is not a modern question. People have always asked this question. Ever since Jesus started his earthly ministry, people have often wondered, who is this Jesus? Who is he really? Remember the quote uh, I said a few weeks ago, in our own carnal minds, we can invent a Jesus that suits our own pleasure. In our own carnal minds, we can invent a Jesus that suits our own pleasures. But the truth is that mankind is not the source and the authority who determines who Jesus is. Mankind, no matter how enlightened we are, how educated we are, how smart we are, we don't define him. He does. And all these I am statements in the Gospel of John is Jesus answering this question, who is Jesus? Who is he? I am who I am, not what mankind says I am. That's what Jesus is saying with these statements. I am who I am. Who is he? He is the great I am. And last week we saw that he is the bread of life. And this week we're going to see him make his second I am statement. 
John 8, verse 12. Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Let us pray. Father, this is your truth, your word. And so we need your spirit to come and to move our hearts, to open up our hearts so that we can understand and so that we can believe what is being said in your word. We know that Jesus is more than just a teacher. We know that Jesus is more than just a man. But none of us get there apart from your spirit working in our heart. None of us come to believe in him because we're smart enough, because we're educated. It has nothing to do with that. It's all because of your spirit. All because of his work that anyone comes to believe. And the same is true for us who know you. Our lives are not changed if your spirit doesn't move. Our lives are, are not moved more toward Christ if the spirit does not move it there. So, Spirit of God, our helper, our counselor, we need you to come do what you do best. Point us to Jesus. But also first begin with my own heart. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. I am the light of the world, says Jesus. And the first thing this means is that Jesus reveals himself. For light reveals things. Jesus reveals himself by bearing witness to himself, or bearing witness about himself. Verse 12 says, so the, so the Pharisees said to him, you are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. See, after Jesus made this I am statement, the Pharisees are quick to object. They don't waste any time. You are bearing witness about yourself. So your testimony can't be true. What you are saying about yourself is wrong, it's false, it's, it's even unbiblical. It's just Jesus boasting about himself, making a boast about himself that no one else can confirm. None of them can confirm that he's the light of the world. You're not who you're claiming to be, Jesus. On what ground do you make such a statement? You are not the light of the world. Instead, you are a liar. Please know that they're not casting shade of gray here. They, they are calling him a liar. If the statement is not true, then what is he? He's a liar. And Jesus says to them, even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true. It's not a lie. And, and the grounds and the basis for the truthfulness of his testimony is expressed in these words. For I know where I came. And where I am going. What does that mean? I am who I am. That's what that means. I've come from heaven and I'm going to heaven. Also in verse 17, he gives them a confirmation of someone else. Someone else who confirms that he is who he says he is. Verse 17, in your law it is written that the testimony of two men is true. I am the one who bears witness about myself. And the Father who sent me bears witness about me as well. The Father confirms that Jesus is who he says he is. But the crowd, they reject him. They reject him. He's given them two divine heavenly witnesses. 
The father and the son both confirmed that Jesus is who he says he is, and the crowd rejected still. As the light of the world, Jesus self-reveals himself. And when he bears witness to himself, that is his self-revelation. That's what he's doing here. His self-revelation. And he is the only one who can truthfully and biblically answer the question, who is Jesus? The only one. Mankind does not reveal Jesus like this. Mankind does not give revelation of Jesus. He tells the Pharisees, you do not know where I came from. You don't know where I'm going. You don't even know me or my father. The reason they don't know is because they judge according to the flesh. That's what he tells them in this passage. They judge according to the flesh. You judge according to the flesh. That's what he tells them in verse 15. To judge here means to make a decision. Means you have come to some type of conclusion about a person or something. And the Pharisees' conclusion about Jesus is that he's a liar. He's not who he's claiming to be. But why? They made their conclusion on earthly standards. They're judging him based upon earthly rules, according to the flesh. It's based upon outward appearance. To them, Jesus is just a carpenter, a poor boy from Galilee, or from Little Mississippi. Guess who Jesus is? A man who never went to school, a man who never studied the law, so outwardly, Jesus is just a regular man to them. And so based on their criteria, based upon the rules that they are setting, what Jesus said about himself is untrue, based upon how they're coming to their conclusion. In John seven twenty four, Jesus says, Do not judge by appearances, but judge with right judgment. They have come to... They have not made a well-informed decision about Christ because it's based totally on earthly standards. It's man-centered. According to the flesh, it's man-centered. That's what he's saying. Man-centered. It's man attempting to tell Jesus who he is. And every time people approach Jesus this way, it will always lead them to inventing a Jesus who is unbiblical. Every time man approached Jesus this way, you were inventing Jesus to fit your own pleasure. The question, who is Jesus, is being answered today according to the flesh. That's how it's been answered. And when people do that, that's why you have statements like Jesus is a Muslim. That's why you have those type of statements. Jesus is just a moral teacher. Jesus is just a good servant. Jesus is just a civil rights activist. When you use earthly standards to make a decision about Jesus, it will always lead to this type of Jesus. Every time. Every time. A Jesus who fits into your man-centered reality, where man is top dog and God is beneath man. Every time. C.S. Lewis writes, I'm trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish things that people often say about Jesus. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great and moral teacher, but I don't accept the, his claim to be God. That is the one thing we must, man must not say. 
a man who merely was a man who merely is a man and say the sort of things that Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic or else he would be a devil of hell. You must make a choice. Either this man is who he say, is the son of God or else he's a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him, kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord. But let us not come up with a patronizing nonsense about him being a great teacher. Because he never made that sort of statement. He's either the son of God or he's a liar and a lunatic. It ain't both. It ain't all three. C.S. Lewis asks, he has not left that open to us and he did not intend to. The world, mankind, is not the light who reveals the revelation of Christ. Christ reveals himself. And his testimony about himself is true. Jesus is the light of the world. And what does he reveal about himself to the world? He reveals his otherness. The otherness of Christ is what he reveals. Verse 21. I'm going away, and you will seek me, and you will die in your sin. Where I'm going, you cannot come. So the Jews said, will he kill himself since he says, Where I'm going, you cannot come. He said to them, you are from below, I'm from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. Jesus is distinguishing himself from human beings here. Jesus is like us, and yet he's not like us. He's like us in the sense that he is fully human. He is a man, and Paul tells us that in Philippians, he was born in likeness of man, found in human form, but yet he's not completely one of us. He's other than us. He is from above. We are from below. We are from this world, but he is not. T. Austin Sparks, in his book, The School of Christ, says, all that can ever come to God in Christ, all that can ever come to God is in Christ alone, not in us. It never will. In this life, in this life, it would never be in this life ours. It will always be the difference between Christ and ourselves. The one basic lesson you and I have to learn in this life, under the Holy Spirit tuition, revelation, discipline, is that Jesus is other than we are. He's other than we are. And those who use earthly standards to make decisions about Christ is confused at this point. Or they simply reject it because of unbelief. They can't believe in that Jesus was other than them. They can't believe it. This statement, I am the light of the world, that's otherness. But it's true. He is the light of the world. And in John 1, it, John 1 captures this perfectly. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And all things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. And that life was what? The light of men. The light shines in darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. This is the otherness of Christ. His deity. He is divine. 
God in the flesh. That's the Jesus the world does not like. Jesus the teacher, the moral teacher, they love that Jesus. But Jesus who says he's God, Jesus who makes statements like, I'm the liar of the world, they can't deal with it. And you know why they can't deal with it? Because Jesus isn't saying he is a light. He says, I am the light. That's why. It's too exclusive. Because we live in a pluralistic society. And in that type of society, there are many sources of light, not just one source. And in that type of society, all these, all these different sources of light are supposed to coexist. Now, if one source says it has authority of the other sources, now that's not going to work well. Because it's intolerant, and you just be a bigot if you do that. That's the culture we live in. And that's the Jesus that the, this world does not like. Because Jesus is not just one of many lights. He is the only exclusive light of the world, and the world rejects that. It's a members-only club of one, and it's Jesus. He's the only one that holds membership. Why? I am who I am, not who the world says I am. I am the light of the world. I am the great I am. So the ball is in your court. Do you believe it? The ball is in the world's court. Do they believe it? Do they believe it? Today, who is the light that lights the path of your life? Who is it? What is it? We know the Sunday school answer is Jesus. We're talking about when you leave here and when the alarm clock goes off tomorrow, who's the light of your life? Who is the light of your life Monday morning? Who is the light of your life when things are going well, when things aren't going well? Who do you run to? Is Jesus just one of many? Or is he the only one? He wants to be the only one. In the Old Testament, the tabernacle represents God's presence among his people. And in the tabernacle, you have two places. You have the, the holy place and the most holy place. The, the most holy place contains only the Ark of the Covenant. And, and the high priest could only enter the most holy place once a year. And that is on the Day of Atonement. Now in the holy place, there are three items in the holy place in the temple. There's the altar of incense. And then there's the table of bread of presence. And then it's the golden lampstand. Alan Ross, a professor at Beeson Divinity School, he says... The lampstand is made of solid gold in the form of one central shaft with six branches decorated with cups and almond blossoms. It's a stylized tree we call the tree of life. And the seven lamps burn daily. They light the way to God. Jesus is the fulfillment of that. He is the lampstand that lights your way to God. We have to see that. That everything in the Old Testament, Jesus is the fulfillment of it. John 1, 14 says, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The, in the original Greek, you know, that, that, that dwelt among us, you know what that means? It means he pitched his tent among us, like the tabernacle tent. He tabernacled among us as the light of the world. That's who Jesus is. That's what he's claiming to be. 
with this statement. When Israel was stuck, when Israel was in the wilderness, you remember how God led them? How did he lead them in the wilderness? A cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night. Know that Jesus is the fulfillment of that. Jesus is the fulfillment of that. He is your cloud by day, and he is your fire by night for one purpose. He lights your path to God. Without him, you cannot get there. There is no other cloud. There is no other fire. There is no other light that's going to get you to the Father. It's Jesus. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. That's the light, and he's the only one. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you define who you are. Not this world, not even your own people, but you do it finally through your word. We just got to believe it. We just need help with our unbelief. The problem is never with the scriptures. The problem is never with the word. The problem is always with us. We're the problem. It's our heart, our unbelief. And our unbelief works itself out in many different ways. And so, Spirit of God, you have the power to penetrate cold hearts, unbelieving hearts. And so I pray that for those who are here who are your people, help their unbelief. Help them to believe. And I pray for those who are here who don't know you, that you will bring a conviction upon their soul, that they will see their need for the light of the world, that there is no other hope that they have. There's no other name, there's no other name under heaven by which a man may be saved, and that is at the name of Jesus Christ. And so if there's a person here who don't know you today, I pray that you will call them into the kingdom, that they may see Jesus as he truly is the Redeemer of lost people. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Will you please stand as we close?